to Seeing Beyond Risk, a podcast series from the Canadian Institute of Actuaries. I'm Chris Fivoli, Staff Actuary, Communications and Public Affairs at the CIA. Today's episode is the next in the series where we are speaking to CIA members who have experience working internationally. Joining me today to talk about his work outside of Canada is Mike Haveman. Thanks very much for taking the time to speak with us today. Thanks, Chris. Glad to be with you. So let's start out with some background about your career. Can you tell us the sort of work you have done uh, throughout your career as an actuary, and particularly what experiences you've had working in other countries? Well, the work that I've been doing since 2003 is as an independent consultant, and it's been uh, mostly international work. And most of this work has been related to regulation and supervision of the insurance and pension sectors. The client organizations that I work for are organizations that work globally, like the International Monetary Fund, or IMF, the Toronto Centre, the World Bank, and the International Association of Insurance Supervisors, or the IAIS. Now, some of my work has been on activities that serve the needs of their client or member organizations more generally. I'll give you a few examples of such work from the past year. I've finished a number of years as chair of the Insurance and Pensions Advisory Board for the Toronto Centre, which is a nonprofit organization that provides leadership and technical training to financial regulators and supervisors in all sectors from around the world. Also for Toronto Centre, I wrote a Toronto Centre note that provides guidance for supervisors on stress testing related to climate change. For the World Bank and IMF, I completed a joint project which involves surveying insurance supervisors uh, with the assistance of the IIS on their use of financial health and stability indicators. I prepared a report that analyzes the findings, presents recommendations, and provides detailed guidance to supervisors. And I developed a survey questionnaire and rating methodology for the IIS. This was in support of their project to do a baseline assessment of the extent to which supervisors have implemented their holistic framework for the assessment and mitigation of systemic risk in the global insurance sector. But a larger part of my work is actually involved in providing training and other technical assistance in response to the needs of one or more of the organizations served by my clients. While the type of work that I described earlier can be done from home or in the evenings, wherever else I might be, the training and technical assistance work often involves on-site visits outside Canada. Here are some examples from the past year. I'm in the final year of a multi-year project to assist the Financial Services Regulatory Authority of the Kingdom of Eswatini in Africa. My work there included assisting with comprehensive updates of the laws that relate to the FSRA itself and to the insurance and pension sectors, including the related regulations. We developed risk-based capital requirements for insurers, uh, which took a fair amount of time, as you might imagine, uh, and funding requirements for defined benefit pension plans. We simplified the investment limitations and prepared guidelines on risk management, reinsurance, investment governance, intervention, and regulatory impact analysis. On this project, I've been working with two Australian consultants who focus on the securities and the credit and savings sectors, respectively. Together, we worked with the FSRA to develop a supervisory methodology and the manual applicable to all of the sectors, and we provided training on its use. 
Secondly, uh, early in the pandemic, uh, I prepared and delivered a series of one or two day workshops for insurance supervisors in the Caribbean. We examined the potential impact of the pandemic on their countries and identified steps that they could take to help deal with the change risk environment. These workshops were follow-ups to ones that I had done on stress testing over the past five years that were one or two weeks long. We worked together to update the stress scenarios that we developed during those workshops, entered them into the latest version of the stress testing model that I had developed and previously trained them on, and discussed the preliminary results for their insurers. I also worked with the Eastern Caribbean Central Bank, a project team that they had formed, and a legal consultant as the technical advisor on the development of a new insurance and pensions bill. Uh, this bill is designed to facilitate a regional approach to regulation and supervision for the eight countries in the East, Eastern Caribbean Currency Union. Also, in Africa, Eritrea currently has only one insurer operating in its market, but hopefully there will be more in the future. During a visit to Eritrea, colleagues from the World Bank and I discussed a draft of a new insurance law which would facilitate the opening of the market with the central bank and the insurer. And I made revisions to reflect their input. And also, I served as program leader for a variety of Toronto Centre programs. They included a cross-sectoral core curriculum program in Zambia, a cross-sectoral climate change program in the Eastern Caribbean, and a regional insurance program in South Africa. Once travel came to a halt because of the pandemic, I've done Zoom versions of several of the programs. This includes the International Insurance and Pensions Program, which was done three times for different groups of supervisors, the International Core Curriculum Program, programs on inclusive insurance and climate change risk for supervisors in Southeast Asia and the Caribbean, and a program on asset liability management for Southeast Asia. But in previous years, uh, my consulting work internationally has also included some things quite different from these. For example, I was nominated by the IIS to be a member of the Public Interest Oversight Board. The PIOB oversees public interest activities of the International Federation of Accountants, which include the International Auditing and Assurance Standards Board. I served on the PIOB during its first nine years, as well as four years on its Canadian counterpart, the Auditing and Assurance Standards Oversight Council. I've recently been nominated by the IAIS to rejoin the PIOB in December 2020. Secondly, I've prepared several assessments and peer-reviewed quite a number of other ones as part of the Financial Sector Assessment Program, or FSAP, of the IMF and World Bank. This involved taking an intensive on-site look at the insurance and sometimes the pension sectors of countries such as Australia, Austria, Greece, Italy, Jamaica, Japan, and the Netherlands, and making recommendations for improvement. And finally, I worked with a team of officials in Micronesia to design a defined contribution pension plan for government employees. My work has taken me to 74 countries, including Canada, where I've also done some work along the way. Okay, well, that sounds pretty extensive. Uh, can you tell us how your career path led you to working internationally, and how do you come across these opportunities? Well, as you might imagine, uh, my career path has taken many turns along the way toward the type of work that I'm doing now. 
I'll highlight a few of the key turns that got me there. Uh, starting at the beginning, my career did not begin in Canada. I grew up in the United States, graduated from the University of Minnesota in Duluth, uh, which isn't too far from the Canadian border, and joined a medium-sized life insurer as an actuarial student. During my nine years with that insurer, I had the opportunity to work in and manage a variety of departments, from actuarial to policyholder service, corporate planning, product line management, and even sales. Other than working on a reinsurance arrangement for the Hong Kong subsidiary, uh, there was not much international exposure uh, at that company. Uh, but the breadth of my experience was extremely useful in preparing me for my next role, which was as VP and actuary for the North American holding company of a Dutch insurance group. This exposed me to different approaches to business, both within the group and in insurance markets elsewhere in the world. For example, I worked with the US and Canadian companies on their strategic plans and in evaluating potential acquisitions. And I helped them to gather the information needed to enable the group to begin operating in Japan. After a couple of years in the holding company, I was offered the opportunity to help turn around the group's Canadian life insurer as its president and chief operating officer. My wife and I, along with our two young sons, one of whom is now an FCIA, moved to the Toronto area, where our daughter, also now an FCIA, was born a few months later. This was international work by immersion. After several years in that role and following a merger with another insurer, I left that group. I was looking to do something outside the insurance sector. We enjoyed living in Canada, so we decided to stay here as I ventured into pension and post-retirement benefits consulting. My work with two of the large consulting firms included some engagements related to the Canada Pension Plan, which eventually led to a secondment as acting chief actuary. The acting chief actuary's office is housed at OSFI, and not long after that assignment had been completed, I was hired by OSFI as assistant superintendent, specialist support sector. The role of assistant superintendent exposed me to many international issues. For example, the specialist divisions were involved in the development of the Basel II Capital Accord and international discussions of fair value accounting. I was OSFI's lead representative to the International Association of Insurance Supervisors, where I served on the executive and technical committees. I also joined and then became chair of the IIS Solvency and Actuarial Issues Subcommittee and joined the Insurance Advisory Board of the Toronto Center during that time. When an OSPI restructuring led to my very early retirement, I wanted to make use of my diverse experience and network of contacts by working internationally. Although large international organizations, such as the IMF and World Bank, have very few staff focused on the insurance and pension sectors, they do undertake many projects designed to further the development and stability of those sectors. Through the contacts I had made, I was offered the opportunity to work on several of these projects. And as these projects were completed, others have arisen to take their place. Most of these opportunities come to me from those within the client organizations I've worked with previously or through their referrals to others within those organizations. Not much marketing activity is actually needed in my work. Okay, I'm just curious, uh... From your perspective, how are Canadian actuaries perceived by their peers internationally and the organizations that they happen to work for? Well, I think Canadian actuaries are mostly perceived positively by those they deal with internationally. 
Uh, I know that the organizations that I work for use other Canadian actuaries and based on my unscientific impression, I uh, use them more than our share of the global profession. So we're well represented in international work. Canadian actuaries are particularly active in the Caribbean and some Caribbean actuaries have spent parts of their university or work lives in Canada. So the connections there are strong. And on committees of international organizations, uh, such as those of the International Actuarial Association and the IAIS, uh, Canadian actuaries have been excellent leaders and contributors. Can you share with us some of your specific learnings and career development experiences that you've gained through working internationally? Well, I've been fortunate to have worked with people from around the world, often in their home countries. Getting to know people from a variety of cultures has highlighted how much we have in common, but it has also helped me to appreciate differences. I've learned how financial sectors operate and how they are being regulated and supervised in a wide range of countries. This includes highly developed markets, which provide insights into international best practices. It also includes markets at early stages of development, which pose a much different mix of challenges. In some countries, financial services are falling well short of meeting the needs of families and businesses, partly because of the severe shortage of actuaries. It is both challenging and extremely rewarding to be able to help in assessing the weaknesses, identifying possible solutions, and providing tools, training, and other assistance that will improve people's lives. Of course, seldom is there a single right or best solution. This is particularly true when working internationally. So although Canadian practices are respected, simply trying to copy them elsewhere might not be appropriate and certainly are unlikely to be well received. Listening is an essential skill, which needs to be accompanied by careful probing, discussion, and consideration of the local circumstances. Collaboration and adaptation are key to finding a good way forward. And of course, the many years of travel, often on my own, have imparted considerable experience on practical matters that can be put to use outside of work, such as obtaining visas, scheduling flights, navigating airports, recovering from jet lag, selecting hotels, finding good restaurants, and staying healthy. Uh, the downside is that uh, listening to my friends' stories about their travel experiences and uh, tribulations uh, can seem pretty old hat. So to wrap up, uh, can you give us some advice that you might have for other CIA members that are interested in doing some work outside of Canada? My first suggestion for those wanting to work outside of Canada is to be alert to potential opportunities that might lead you to such work. For example, this might be a project that includes team members who are outside of Canada, serving a client that's based outside of Canada, or working for an employer that has operations outside of Canada. Career paths can be unpredictable, uh, but getting such exposure can provide interesting learning experiences and also connections that can lead to further opportunities. A second but related suggestion would be to broaden your knowledge and experience. For example, Look beyond Canada to see what is happening in other markets and at the international level, such as industry developments and standard setting activities that are relevant to the type of work that you're doing now. Be flexible about the type of work you're willing to do and be prepared to push your boundaries to learn new things. Even if you're still working inside Canada, such capabilities will help you to add value. Thirdly, it is essential to build and maintain a good reputation. This means meeting or exceeding the commitments that you make. 
It also means balancing your own interests with those of others, but without compromising on your basic principles or professional standards. Fourthly, work on building your communication skills. This is particularly important in international work, where you are often communicating with people who are working in a business and political environment much different than Canada's, who are living in a different culture, and who might not speak English or French as their first language. And last but not least, enjoy your work. If you are interested in what you're doing, do it well and do it with enthusiasm. Your efforts will probably be noticed. Okay, that's great. Well, listen, thanks very much for joining us today on this episode. My pleasure, Chris. I hope my insights prove useful to others. I think they will. We now have over six dozen episodes in our podcast series, so we encourage you to subscribe. You can do so through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever platform you use to access podcast content. If you like today's episode, please leave us a five-star rating or a comment. And we would like to hear from you, so please send any suggestions or episode ideas to podcasts at cia-ica.ca. Until next time, I'm Chris Fivoli, and thank you for tuning in to Seeing Beyond Risk. 